Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin. Officially back from vacation. Uh, it was a great time down with my high school buddies uh, in Florida and Biloxi. Uh, didn't lose too much money, uh, so everything's everything's all good on that front. Happy to be back as we enter into basically the the deadest part of the off season between now and uh, and the beginning of training camp, we will of course have a few events. We'll have some OTAs uh, in the next few weeks. We'll have mandatory mini camp in the middle of June. But other than that, uh, it's going to be pretty slow. So we're going to have to make our own content. We'll have some fun guests on for you guys. We'll have some interesting topics as we get closer to training camp. We'll do some more in-depth roster breakdowns and sort of training camp battle previews and things of that nature. But in the interim, um, wanted to do one more show uh, looking at sort of the Falcons roster, the biggest areas of weakness, sort of the areas where I think the Falcons might still try to add players before training camp, maybe during or after training camp as well, depending on how uh, position battles shake out and things like that. Um, they did make a flurry of moves over the last week, which um, if you check out Falcoholic Live from a few days ago uh, last week, you can... We talked about all those moves. They, you know, cut like seven or eight guys and signed seven or eight guys. So there was a bit of shuffling, but it was mostly like back end of roster guys. The big uh, cut being Jermaine Effetti, who was sort of penciled in to be the swing tackle. So uh, that's going to, you know, spoiler alert, that's going to be a topic today. You know, what do we do with swing tackle? But basically looking at at some positions that are still in need of, of some reinforcement, some places where the team might still look to add a few more free agents or you know, potentially explore trades as we get closer to training camp and into the preseason. So we're going to be breaking, uh, breaking that down today. Uh, also going to be uh, giving you just my insights on sort of what, where those positions stand uh, and all that good stuff. So lots to look forward to on today's show. Uh, before we get into that, though, I do want to thank today's sponsor, uh, betonline.ag, your number one source for all your sports betting needs, including info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines for this year's NBA playoffs. We are almost to the NBA Finals. I believe we got uh, uh, two teams in the thick of the uh, NBA semifinals, or I, sh- I should know what, what that's called, but I I just watch the NBA casual casually. So bear with me on that one, but you can bet on all those games. Uh, You can bet on NFL futures, whatever you want, no matter what you want to do though, bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season, as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from the aforementioned basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf to UFC and boxing bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, let's dive right in. 
to the first group, and it's not going to surprise anyone uh, that the, one of the biggest remaining weaknesses on the roster is the wide receiver group. Now, this one does have a bit of a caveat in that technically, if you if Kyle Pitts is playing at wide receiver, then I think this group looks a lot better on paper. But then it you know brings up the question of like, it, well, tight ends pretty thin then. So um, no matter how you slice it, I think the Falcons need to add to wide receiver or tight end, maybe both. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I still think there's a good chance we see a reunion with Michael Pruitt. I just, I don't really know why you don't, you wouldn't just bring him back. I mean, I, I understand the team probably wants to see what they've got in John Fitzpatrick. They're, they're rookie from last, uh, last draft who basically missed the entire season on IR. Maybe they really like what he can bring. He's definitely a blocking focused tight end, but he does have that size that, that Michael Pruitt doesn't have, you know, being a smaller tight end. So maybe they're really looking to see what he can bring. But I think if, if there's any sort of lack of, of play there, that they'll just bring back Michael Pruitt, um, who I think is just a, a really good player. But this is the wide receiver group we're really talking about because I think if you count Kyle Pitts as a tight end, then tight end room is absolutely set. Don't really need to make too many additions or, or subtractions there. At wide receiver, it's just... We, we know, if you listen to this program, you know that I, I'm not as worried about it just because I don't think wide receivers going to be emphasized in this offense. I think Drake London is going to be a point of emphasis, and then probably the number two wide receiver is going to play a lot. Um, you know, right now, that's probably Mac Hollins, who we know is going to be blocking a lot. But, you know, we've seen him carry the load as like a wide receiver to caliber player uh, for the Raiders this past year. Again, not really an impact receiver, a guy that's definitely capable of catching, you know, four or five passes if needed. Um, but he's not on par with someone like Drake London. He's not really a wide receiver, too, in terms of his receiving talent alone. And then behind those guys, that's where you start to run into some concerns. Because as much as I like Scotty Miller as like the Demir Bird replacement, he's going to be able to give you more on special teams. He can He's a little more versatile in terms of where he can line up. Scotty Miller's not really, you know, it would be a jump for him to become a wide receiver three this year. Maybe that is in the cards. There seems to be faith in him at this point, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I think you're probably looking for a little bit more there. And then you've got Kadero Hodge sort of penciled in as the wide receiver four. And we know Hodge is like a serviceable receiver, more of a special teams ace. You know, he's going to make the roster. He's going to be a key special teams player. And he's fine as a receiver, but again, not someone that's moving the needle, not someone that's really threatening defenses. So there's going to be a giant competition for wide receiver five. I, I do imagine they're considering that they haven't really invested in this group. I, I can't imagine them keeping more than five receivers. So there's like seven guys here competing for maybe for one receiver spot and maybe two or three practice squad spots. Um, you know, they just recently brought in Penny Hart, uh, Slade Bolden. They just signed as well. Um, then you've got a Frank Darby from last year, Jared Bernhardt from last year, two guys that, you know, are, have good shots. And then a bunch of UDFAs. Uh, you know, I like Xavier Malone from Henderson State, the speedster, but there's also Justin Marshall from Buffalo. I think Keelan Harris has some, some uh, or Kylon Harris, I don't know how to say it. If someone knows how to pronounce that, let me know in the comments. Um, you know, he's there as well. So I think it'll be an interesting group, but I, I would have a hard time believing that one of these UDFAs is going to, like, break out and become a wide receiver too. Like, maybe one of these guys has a future as a wide receiver three, sort of like an Alameda Zacchaeus um, career arc, but it would be a lot to expect those guys to take on, like, a major role. Uh, so I, I think the, the, there's room there for, uh, an, another addition at wide receiver. You guys know, we're still on hashtag Corey Davis watch perpetually, you know, what 
will that happen or not? I don't know. I still think it's kind of foolish for the Jets to pay their wide receiver for $11 million, but they could probably get away with it because they're not really paying any of their other wide receivers except for Alan Lazard. Um, so, you know, maybe they just say, whatever, we're going to do it because we're going all in this year. But it, it just seems like a mismanagement of, of resources to me. But, uh, hey, whatever. They're, they're going to try to trade him. Is It's what the likely story is. And I don't think the Falcons or anyone is going to be interested in paying him that kind of money. If he hits the open market, the Falcons might throw like $5 million at him or some sort of incentive-laden deal. But um, Davis would be perfect, obviously. But there are still a couple of free agent guys out there. And then obviously you can always scour the waiver wire after camp. But you're, you're unlikely to get like a wide receiver two type guy out of that group. You're basically maybe looking for a wide receiver three at best. But um, again, in, in a position that's probably going to be de-emphasized outside of Drake London and maybe Mac Hollins, um, you can get away with maybe a little bit less star power and just more good players. And there's a couple of guys that I would have circled out of the current free agency group. Um, Sammy Watkins, you know, he's still, I think he'll be, he's still not 30 yet. He will be 30 this season, but like, I feel like Sammy Watkins has been playing football forever. Uh, He's still not 30. And like Sammy Watkins isn't the number four overall pick. He's not a top receiving target on teams anymore, but Sammy Watkins is still more than capable of being a wide receiver three. And the most important thing to note, right, guys, uh, really, really good run blocker, right? So uh, we we saw Sammy uh, Watkins has never had – he's had one season as a below-average run blocker, and he's had three as, a, as an elite uh, – well, high-end, 80-plus grade run blocking receiver um, with most of his grades – in the seventies. Uh, I think it's like seven out of eight or eight out of nine seasons have been in the seventies. So that's the most important thing to Arthur Smith. Right. So I think not, not really, but Sammy Watkins, he can play the slot too. Um, he's, he's played on the outside. So I think someone like Watkins on like a, a, you know, reasonable deal, probably a couple million dollars. Um, he would make a lot of sense just to like bolster this unit. I don't, I'm not expecting like crazy things from that signing, but it would be a veteran that, you know, you can trust. And I think would, you know, add that size and be a really good run blocker, which this team is going to require all of these receivers to run block. And I, he's an impact player there. So that one I think makes a lot of sense. Um, and then Demarcus Robinson, another Baltimore receiver, right? Um, he's another guy. He, he did function as like one of Baltimore's top receivers last year. I think he had uh, almost 500 yards. I think that's more of a product of like, they just didn't have a lot of receivers, but Demarcus Robinson's been a solid guy uh, throughout his career. Again, probably more of like a wide receiver three, four type, um, but again, also a guy that I think has been a solid run blocker throughout his career, not as good as Sammy Watkins, but um, someone who's been solid. So if they're looking for another veteran type of guy uh, that's got that size, um, I think, you know, there, there's something there. But I think Sammy Watkins at this point would probably be the one I would circle as like, this is the one that makes the most sense. If they're looking to get another veteran presence in here. And again, you hear Sammy Watkins, people are like, oh, he, you know, Sammy Watkins, like, what do you think he's going to be great? And no, like, I think he'll be solid, right? Maybe like uh, Alameda Zacchaeus level player for this offense, um, but not, you know, anything crazy. But th- I think that that is interesting. Uh, that's a name I would keep an eye on just because he's a really good run blocker and the Falcons have not signed any receivers that aren't good run blockers. So um, they care about that. It's obvious. And I think he, he does fill a need for this team. The next spot we'll talk about... Um, and remarkably, there aren't actually a lot of positions <laughs> that I th- feel like are huge weaknesses for this team. So that's a refreshing change. And years past, we probably would have had to split this into like three different episodes. But um, we'll we'll go with the uh, swing tackle. Like I said at the top of the show, Jermaine Effetti ends up getting cut. 
Um, you know, I don't have any intel on that, but I know from what I've heard about Effetti from other people who cover other teams that he's kind of an abrasive personality maybe. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. I don't want to besmirch the man. It may have just been an, a numbers game or, or they like the young guys they brought in. Um, but we know that they're trying to build this whole, you know, culture thing and all this stuff. So I, I don't know. I wonder if it's connected to that, but I, it's just speculation on my part. Uh, no, no, nothing there for sure. But I know that, you know, I like Josh Miles, who they brought in. I think maybe he's got, he could, he could do it perhaps. Uh, they also brought in Ethan Greenidge, who was a guy the Saints kept on their roster for multiple years. He never ended up having to play and then got hurt. Um, and then they still have like Tyler Rabel from last year, who was a UDFA that stuck around and, and they just signed Barry Wesley from the, the XFL. So they do have some options, but none of them are as like, I guess, battles, battle tested as Effetti, who has played as an, a solid NFL starter for many, many years. Um, so, you know, I think for, on that front, um, there's definitely a lot of tackles still on the market. Uh, you know, anything from guys like, you know, you look around, there, there's a lot of guys uh, that, that could be potential swing tackles. You know, Dennis Kelly from the Colts is out there. Um, you know, Brandon Shell from the Dolphins, who ended up having to start for them basically last year. Uh, Ty Nasecki, uh, who was most recently with the Rams. I mean, he's 38 now, but always been one of the NFL's best swing tackles. Um Cam Fleming of the of the Broncos. Um, you know, there's just so many guys, right? Jawan da- Jawan James, uh, most recently of the Ravens. Uh, you know, there, there's just a ton of tackles uh, available. Tom Compton of the Broncos could have that that uh, reunion from the Shanahan days, right? Um, so they do have, you know, Eric Fisher even, um, who I guess only was making like a few million with the Dolphins last year, didn't end up playing at all, um, but. You know, there, there are options out there on the tackle market, but right now I, I don't expect that they're going to go grab anyone immediately. I think it's going to be more like a wait and see. Let's see if any of these young guys um, can can make an impact. Let's see if any of these these players can sort of carve out a role um, and, and make their case. But, you know, keep in mind, I think right now the Falcons don't have a lot of tackles on the roster. I think they've only got six. Whereas if you look at it compared to like, the interior offensive line. I think they have like 10. Um, so I, I feel like there's probably going to be more additions made at tackle, but it's possible. They might also have some of these guys that I have listed at guard trying out a tackle, but kind of find that hard to believe. Um, I don't really see who of that group could do it other than maybe Jalen Mayfield, but um, you know, that, that's a spot that gives me a little bit of worry. The Falcons did have really good luck last year at that position. Um, you know, Jabrani Faye didn't have to play, but if you, if, you know, I, I think it's more likely than not that your swing tackle is going to have to play at least a little bit. So I, I would like to have a good one um, if they're actually trying to do something this year. So maybe one of these guys works out like Josh Miles or, or Ethan Greenidge or, or even Tyler Vrabel. But um, maybe getting a veteran in there, it would make me sleep better. It would help. Um, so uh, one more group I'm going to get to on today's show. Um, remarkably, it's not edge or interior defensive line, which is really refreshing, honestly, to not have to talk about those two as like, well, these are terrible again. I actually really like both of those groups, especially the interior, but even edge, I think it's just really deep. I mean, it does it's not star studded, but I think, I think people just get so distracted by like, well, you know, they don't have any stars there. Well, they have a bunch of guys that are good. So like they're, it's going to help a lot, um, just to have 
when they rotate the starter out, like if Ebikati leaves the field or Clayus Campbell leaves the field, they've got someone else that could come on and be a good pass rusher instead of it just falling off a cliff. Um, and on the interior, I think that group is really good, like that interior defensive line. But if Eddie Goldman comes back and is playing like Eddie Goldman, that is going to be a really, really good interior, like the best we've seen as in as long as I can remember. I'm really excited to see how that group looks. Um, but the, the group I'm going to focus on is linebacker. Um, and I think at the top, with Caden Ellis, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Caden Ellis. I think that's going to be one of the more underrated signings of this entire offseason. I think he's going to show that he's, you know, PFF graded him as like a top seven. I think he was the seventh overall linebacker last year. Finally got a chance to play, played both weeks side linebacker and middle linebacker and played some, you know, Sam as well, uh, obviously at the seven sacks. And I, I don't think he's going to have that kind of crazy pass rushing productivity again. But if you look at his, his grades and of course, PFF grades, just one number, take it with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, his, his run stuffing was as good as his pass rushing and his coverage was solid. Like it wasn't like he was an impact coverage player, but it was above average still. So, um, you know, elite run defender, uh, elite pass rusher from the linebacker position and, and a solid coverage player. So, um, I think he's going to be really good there. So really what we're, we're, what we're needing is just Troy Anderson to, to, to get there this year. And he doesn't have to become like an elite starter, but he just needs to get to like above average starter level, hopefully. Um, and we saw flashes of that last year, but you know, he was asked to play a lot of zone last year. He was just, you could tell he was uncomfortable. He was thinking a lot, trying to keep up to this, catch up to the speed of the NFL, which look, he's coming out of Montana state. Shout out to Bozeman, by the way. Um, and the level, the jump in competition there is huge. And he only has played linebacker for two years. And this is a guy that his, his ceiling is really high. And he's one of the sort of catalysts for a potential big jump for this defense. If Troy Anderson manages to take that step and become a good linebacker. Um, you know, this def- the complexion of this defense can really change. So I, I have a lot of confidence in trainers to be an above average starter this year, but behind him, it's still a big question. Like Michael Walker is there. Do they, does this coaching staff, you know, cause the linebackers coach is still here. Now it's obviously Ryan Nielsen and Jerry Gray running things now, but um, you know, what do they think about him? Is he going to stick around as like a coverage specialist? Can they, deploy him more effectively than the previous regime he also could save 2.7 million if cut so that's something to consider um and then they they still have a couple of udfas from the last couple of years and, and nate Lamon and dorian etheridge who the previous staff definitely liked um and they just signed andre smith jr who i think is probably making the roster at this point along with um tay davis another special teams guy um but i, I think we we could use another linebacker in this group like we've talked about rashawn evans um it I mean, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at this point, seeing as I haven't brought him back, but he's still out there, so it could. Um, and uh, I think just getting another veteran in here, um, someone who you know is reliable, someone you can trust to go out there if you have an injury or whatever, I, th- I think I would like that. I think that would make me feel more comfortable, obviously, uh, with the state of this group. But the, they don't necessarily have to run out and make that move right now. They can probably wait and see what things look like in camp, see how Trainerson's progressing, um, see how Michael Walker looks, see how these UDFAs look, uh, these former UDFAs, and, and, you know, Tay Davis and Andre Smith Jr., are, are they good enough that you don't need to make a move? Because there's, like, 20 free agent linebackers right now that are, you know, that type of guy. You get, you know, you still got, like, Zach Cunningham from the Titans, who's still a free agent. You know, maybe he comes in 
if if they need more of a starter. Um, you know, Damian Wilson from the Panthers, not a high-end guy, but definitely someone that could potentially, you know, be a good depth player. Um, you know, Nick Vigil of the Cardinals. Uh, we talked about Rashawn Evans, obviously. Um, you know, Quan Alexander's still out there if you're looking for just Jayon Brown, uh, Joe Thomas. You know, there, there's plenty of these type of solid linebackers available. There, there's guys out there that you can sign that can be, you know, stopgap starter types, um, give you some depth. So I do think that uh, there's plenty uh, of potential and, and you don't really need to run out and sign one of these guys, which is why none of these signings have happened. Like they just haven't really felt the need to go get these guys uh, because I think they like, you know, Nate Landman. I think they like Dorian Etheridge and I think they have a lot of faith in, in Troy Anderson to take the next step. So, um, you know, this is probably one this is not one that I'm expecting, unless they do, you know, close the deal with Rashawn Evans and he decides to come back. Um, this is not a spot where I see them making a move before training camp. I think they'll sort of let this play out a little bit. And it, it might be the same scenario at uh, swing tackle, too. You know, wide receiver is the one where I could see if they can close a deal with someone like a Sammy Watkins. Uh, you might just go ahead and do it um, just to, to really, you know, help that position group. But um, you know, that those are the three that I have circled. I, I, I think that, you know, safety and corner are in actually really good spots right now. Um, you know, and we're going to, I'm going to do in-depth breakdowns of all these groups and, and the, the training camp battles and all that stuff as we get closer to camp. But really the three that I mentioned, wide receiver, swing tackle, offensive tackle, depth, uh, and, and linebacker are the three that I think, and really for those, it's, it's not starters even, I mean, maybe wide receiver too. Right. But like, it's, you know, a swing tackle and like depth linebackers. So it's a lot better than it has been. And, and, you know, I, a lot of people might be like, oh, well, isn't quarterback a weakness? You know, I, I don't think so. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be fine. You guys know my opinion on that. Um, I think Taylor Heineke is a good backup. Logan Woodside's a fine practice squad quarterback three. This Austin on Aun, I don't know how to pronounce that again. Comments, let me know. Um, you know, interesting camp guy uh but like i don't think there's any need to to make a move i know there's all these rumors about ryan Tannehill going around it's just not going to happen he's way too expensive so unless the titans cut him then then maybe you know but uh it's you know i don't really think there's anything to that so uh i'm fine with desmond Ritter being the quarterback i'm not really concerned about it the team doesn't appear to be concerned about it at all so you know the team may not always be right but again that i think this it's pretty clear where, where they're going at quarterback at this point. So, um, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are getting into the slow part, uh, but don't not to worry. We'll have plenty of great content here on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast uh, over the course of the offseason. We still got some great guests uh, coming up on Wednesday's Falcon Hawk Live. We're going to have Falcons executive Brett Jukes joining us. Uh, he's the vice president of the Arthur Blank family of businesses. He, his titles may have changed since the last time we talked, so don't take my word for it, but uh, – Brett's going to come on and, and talk about the Falcons offseason and uh, give us that, you know, inside info. I'm sure he's going to reveal all of the Falcons plans to us. No, just kidding. Um, Brett's great, though. Uh, so you'll definitely want to come around for that. It's going to be a Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Always enjoy getting to talk to him about the team. Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll have more shows coming your way over the, the rest of this summer uh, dead zone. So until next time, guys, please do like subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for that. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast audio, leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Join the discord community discord server link to which is in the show description chat with your fellow falcoholics. There's always a lot of conversations going on there. 
Uh, and you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash Live. If you uh, want to get access to some exclusive perks, earn a turbo gratitude, all of that good stuff, uh, we'll be having a uh, Q&A session coming up soon as well. So keep an eye out for that, everyone. Um, but yeah, until next time, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, folks. Uh, this show, as always, is presented by betonline.ag.